0: Welcome in to your season long fantasy golf rankings debate part two. It's time for the big dogs. I'm Rick Gaiman, that right there, Andy Lack. Andy, 40 to 1. These are the guys everybody's been begging to hear about.
1: I got to say, this is the most pumped I've been for uh, a podcast I've done in quite some time because I've made this joke already on Twitter, but man, it is tough sledding at the top here. I mean, I think I probably changed my ranking a bunch of times over the past couple of weeks, and I'm pretty pumped to talk through it again with you, which probably uh, will yield another uh, switch up of the (laughs) rankings as well.
0: Yeah, my rankings have been a living, breathing document uh, for the last couple of of weeks, especially as going through drafts and all that stuff. But we've got, we have a lot of stuff to cover. Also, getting lost in all of this, you know, obviously Christmas and New Year's and everything that's going on, the Tournament of Champions is next week.
1: I know. I can't believe it. So we are. Next week is like back to re- regularly scheduled programming, huh? That's right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Let's go. You know, get your DFS preview, your betting preview, your live chat. Your it's it's back, baby. It's it's full on running, and the Tournament of Champions is what an elevated event now, mm-hmm. and it's just gonna be. It's gonna be exciting. I, I'm really inter- interested to see if the PGA Tour can actually pull off getting the majority of the top guys to play the same events.
1: So are you in the camp of off season was too short off season was too long. Like it literally feels like it was just yesterday that we were talking about what the RSM,
0: I think that's because we had a tiger month, right? December was tiger month, which, which would have generally been like pretty much nothing month. Right. It was, yeah. well, unfortunately
1: now every month is live month,
0: right? Yeah. So, and I guess there's, you know, when you have like a longer off season, you can kind of make bigger changes. You can implement new things. You can take time to step back and do whatever. um, But you run the risk of people just like forgetting about you. So I don't know. It, it, it felt very, very quick this year, but I assume that's because we were supposed to get tiger playing three times. He ended up playing twice, but December was almost entirely dedicated to tiger woods.
1: Okay. Quick question for you. And then we got a lot to get through with these rankings. If I had to ask you, what is like, what is the number one storyline heading into this new season? Um, In golf.
0: Probably like, it's live, but it's like, yeah. it's, it's like, it's, it's kind of two parts. It's does anyone else go? Mm-hmm. And then also how they perform at major championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if they whiff, the majors and don't really contend it's going to be a tough scene um if one of them wins one watch out right where it's we're never you know it's it's gonna just pour gasoline on the fire or uh if live tries to pull another cam smith which is wait till someone wins a major and then give them like 100 million dollars um that would also be like obviously a massive storyline
1: I agree with you. I was going to say the same thing. I think it's like a two-part answer where you have the live rumor mill versus the live performance meter, right? And I would say this has got to be like the foremost impactful major champ. It's got to be the most impactful major year, God, in recent memory, right? And not just because of live, right? But, you know, we're going to LA Country Club, which is this – Iconic, iconic venue, where the members in the past have said no thanks. We're good right. in the second biggest city in the country in prime time. Right? I mean, I, w- what more could you ask for?
0: Uh, If that isn't getting you excited for the upcoming season, I-, I I don't know what will. So big, big announcement number one out of the gates here. Um, the Rick Run Good, one and done, aka the Run and Done. It's it's live. It's $15,000 to first place. It's single entry. It's a flat payout. It is the purest form of figuring out who the best one-and-dunner is out there. And once next week starts, this is going to fill very very quickly.
1: Very quickly. Starts at Sony Open re- week, right? C-
0: correct. So it's going to start okay. at Sony and as, you know, people come back for the Tournament of Champions and everything, this is going to fill very very quickly. So I would highly recommend uh, getting your entry in right now. There's a link in the description to do that. It's invite only. So you can't search it. Like you got to go through the link. This is just for our people to enter and battle it out.
1: Um, how is it single entry?
0: Single entry. No. Okay. I love that.
1: All right. Yeah. That is first on my to-do list after we finish.
0: It's a one and done one and done. You only get one crack at it.
1: I kind of like that. It's kind of how it should be, right?
0: It's pure. Yeah. It's, it's very pure to do it that way which is exciting. Yeah. yeah. The other item is, um, we have been working on these for some time and we have <laughs> finally rolled out, uh, this, this showcase season long fantasy golf league that we have going on. We've rolled out all the managers. We've rolled out all the logos. I think they are phenomenal logos. If you're watching on YouTube, we're showing them right now. These, these could not have come out any, any better.
1: Like, Come on, like even the staunchest live defenders have to be like, these are better logos and team names than what we're working with. And I'm guessing that we did not have the same budget as the Saudi Public Investment Fund, who is making like approximately... $50 million per second on oil and gas.
0: We're just slightly behind uh, the budget of of the PIF. Now, the other thing is, so people, uh, again, once they saw these, it kind of inflamed the like, oh, how can I play? Can I get into a league? Uh, Yes. So there's another wave of drafts starting, I think, on Friday. There's Mm -hmm. a a handful of $200 leagues that are available, and you can go – there. the easiest way is there's a pinned tweet well actually no the easiest way is there's a link in the description but there's also a pinned tweet on Run Good Fantasy Twitter account that has all the information you go to the spreadsheet you find the league for you but um every time we kind of announce something or show something off Andy, more people want to get involved.
1: Yeah and I've gotten a lot of questions about this too which is cool right because there is not just in the numbers but like anecdotally I've talked to a ton of people that are super super pumped about this. So yeah Join these leagues, there's a draft pretty much for everyone. I was I would I want to get your thoughts on slow drafts because that's been a topic of conversation in some of the leagues I've considered joining. Are you pro or anti-slow draft? From
0: a administrative perspective, <laughs> I love them, right? Yeah. I mean, the idea of trying to get a time and a place for eight strangers on the internet who live in different time zones, potentially different countries is not something I want to try to tackle. So the slow draft, and because we're kind of in this off season, not a lot is going to change between now and the Sony open. The slow draft allows for, I get an email. It tells me when I'm on deck or when it's my turn, I hop on, I make a pick and I hop out. I don't think it's like the purest form of drafting where you have a minute and the guy ahead of you took the guy that, you wanted and now you've got to panic a little bit like I I love that aspect of the draft but from a purely administrative perspective like this was the only way I could wrap my brain around it
1: sure I completely agree I mean I think it is it is so tough to manage to kind of man if you're in the commissioner role in some of these leagues like I tip my cap to you right because you're dealing with You know, strangers in some cases, people like you said, in different time zones and everything. So, yeah, I I actually, it's kind of like grown on me as a concept. And I actually just joined another league uh, that I found in the Slack channel. Like, that's another thing, too. If you're in the Rick Run Good Discord, like, you will be able to find tons and tons of people to fill up your leagues. Like, if you're thinking about starting one, right, we're talking about it a ton in the Discord. So, there's ample, ample opportunity get it in, in the next two weeks. Uh,
0: so speaking of administrative purposes, uh, as much as I would love to, so we're all going to draft in Las Vegas on January 7th. We'll be at the win. Uh, if you're there, you can come watch through the window. They'll play it out into the hallway. You can, you can view this in real time. So we're going to do this in Las Vegas, Andy, which I'm very, very excited about. And as much as I would love to draw the draft order live and in person. We got to get graphics ready. We got to get administrative stuff ready. We got to like do the behind the scenes stuff. So I want to, I want to draw the draft order right now.
1: Right. Let's do it. This is my, honestly, like Rick as a Knicks fan, like lottery night was my, almost just as fun as the draft in my opinion. So let's rock it, man.
0: All right. So, uh, what I have here is a very nice, uh, valuables pouch from TPC. Sawgrass that I picked up while I was down there and inside of this, Andy, I've got eight poker chips and they're all kind of generally uh, your team color, but you can see, hold on. I'll see if I can zoom in on myself here. You can see, I've also wrote down what team it is so that there is no.
1: So what are my what are my official colors then? It's kind of like baby blue and navy, right?
0: Yeah, you're like a baby blue navy. But I love the using yeah. the big apple as the golf ball. Oh, it's that incredible. was Very sharp. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, sharp.
1: Super, super, super well done.
0: So I'm gonna put these in here, and I think we should draft them uh, in reverse order. Oh, I, I yeah, yet. So, I like that.
1: That's how the lottery does for the NBA too.
0: Right. So I'll pick I'll pick the eighth spot first. All right, let's do it. I'm nervous. Here we go. The eighth pick of the draft goes to that's Joe Idoni's Palm Beach Coconuts.
1: Ah, that's the turn. I actually don't though. think eight's a bad
0: pick. I'll tell you what, in the drafts that I've been a part of, I
1: like the turn. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually don't think eight's a bad pick.
0: So that is spot number eight. Spot number seven will go to that's me. That's the wow. Vegas straight flushers spot seven. Okay. So here we go. Spot number six will be the Summerlin rock rollers. That's Scott Blumstein's team.
1: I think he's in the chat.
0: He is in the chat. Yeah. He showed up to see where he was picking. You're picking six, Scott.
1: Congratulations, Scott.
0: Congratulations with the fifth pick. This is where it's, I think five is tough.
1: I was going to say, I was going to ask you, what do you think the worst pick in the draft is?
0: Um, well, with ADPs all over the place, uh, it, you might you might be fine at five, but I think five, at least on the turns, you can kind of stock up. At least at one, two, three, yeah. you can get basically whoever you want. Five feels like the toughest spot.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say three. I think okay. three is tough.
0: Here's here's five. The fifth pick goes to. That, sorry, but that's you, the New York golf club.
1: I'm okay with that, man. <laughs> yeah, you saw I am, three. I, yeah. I am okay with that, man. Yeah.
0: Number four, the fourth pick goes to That's Steve Hennessy's team, the Jersey Jabronis.
1: Okay. I like it. Me so we've and got, Steve back to back.
0: So we've got three to go. So this is the third pick. The third pick in the draft goes to Keith Stewart's team, the four horsemen.
1: Interesting. By the way, we have Armina in the chat claiming that it's rigged. So I just want to, I just want you to know, like you're already speculation is mounting. You're already under the gun here.
0: This is, this is why I did this live to try to remove any speculation of it, of it being rigged. So we're down to the Cincinnati hustle and the Orlando Kingsman. Those are the two teams left. So the number two pick will go to the Orlando Kingsmen, which means the number – that's Jason Sobel's team.
1: Jason Sobel's got number two.
0: And the number one pick, the Cincinnati Hustle. That's Tom Evigan's team in the book. So, Cincy Hustle, number one, Orlando Kingsmen, Four Horsemen, Jersey, Gibrodi's New York Golf Club, Summerlin Rock Rollers, the Vegas Straight Flushers, and the Palm Beach Coconuts, the order of our run-good fantasy gold Ooh. standard league. Yes.
1: I like it. I like it. How are, how are you feeling about the, about the order? Uh,
0: I, I'm happy that I'm at one of the ends, but I think, and and we're going to talk about this, like the, um, the ADPs are all over the place. So like you could get a really good value at five. So it kind of depends on the other people in our league and how much they've been doing it. But I, I, I like Joe's spot at eight. He'll be able to stock up on a couple of good guys. Um, I'm fine with my spot, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's, There's going to be plenty of plenty of studs available.
1: Yeah, and I think this is you know the right segue to start diving into these rankings and trying to figure out okay, like who's going where? What are you know what are we thinking at the very top?
0: All right, so let's do it. So uh, these articles and Andy, uh, we mentioned this last week. These are not you. You've been putting your rankings on RickRunGood.com, and these Mm -hmm. are not. um, Here, I'm just going to show one. So that we okay. can get an idea of this, or maybe you'll catch be able to catch two, but these are not just numbered ranks. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, we're looking at not. Alex Norin at 40, and it's got you know strokes gained for the last 12 months money list you've got the good the bad Th- these are these are in-depth previews for essentially every golfer from 100 to 1 in ranking form they're available on rickrungood.com let's start with 40 to 21 um yeah. these are golfers these are golfers that are absolutely starting for you right like we're we're now firmly in that territory of you you need to get some pretty good output from these guys
1: Right. Yeah. So if you think about it, if you're starting six guys every week, the guy that you're picking in the third and fourth round, that guy is starting for you in majors, right? That guy is hopefully starting for you in, you know, at least 15, 16, 17 times. Like this is not a guy that you are dropping. So I will, I will turn it back to you because I I have some questions as well about, you know, certain players, but what, stood out to you in yeah. the 40 to 21 range? Is there anyone that you're like, you're kind of crazy on this one, Andy?
0: So they're, the the guy that we are most different on. Uh, Can I guess?
1: <laughs> sure. Do you have Tom Kim like 10?
0: <laughs> I, have, I have Tom Kim at nine. Yeah, yeah but that's... That-
1: <laughs> and let me guess, you have Taylor Montgomery at like 14.
0: I have met fifteen. Yeah, those were the two.
1: You guys. So
0: this is um, obviously this is like volume and sure. What what Taylor Montgomery did um, and I'm gonna try to share my screen, but I'll talk through it. What he did in like a very very small sample size because he he played nearly every event in the fall. I think he only took one event off, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was one he didn't qualify for. Was legit high-end stuff but this this is a conversation that goes back to him being uh statistically like the best putter on planet earth and you you just think that that is not going to continue
1: i don't and i mean i i i dove pretty deep into this i mean like looking at montgomery's putting numbers in terms of like the specific stats he is 5th in one putt percentage, 18th in putting inside 10 feet, 6th in putting average, 20th in putting from 10 to 15 feet, which is like the money-making zone. That's huge. 26th in putting 15 to 20 feet, 8th in putting from 4 to 8 feet, which is huge. That is like the most important sustainable putting metric is how good you are from 4 to 8 feet. One thing I looked about a lot is... Who are regression candidates with the putter versus what players have been in on like the wrong side of luck? So, for example, if a player ranks first on the PGA Tour in putting from greater than 25 feet and 150th on the PGA Tour in putting from four to eight feet, I don't want that guy, right? Because that means that this guy caught the right side of luck, caught the right side of variance. And made a bunch of bombs, which is not sustainable. I want to actually be looking for the guy that has been absolutely automatic from four to eight feet. And it's maybe a little bit lower in 25 feet plus, because I think that is a metric um, where luck is more of the primary reason. Does that make sense? That that kind of logic that I'm using?
0: Yes, it is. It is a very logical argument against Taylor Montgomery. I I get it. I, I understand it. I would counter it with um, just kind of the pure production here. So just, let me just put into perspective what we've seen. Again, very, very small sample size from Taylor Montgomery. He has nine qualifying starts of 2023 and 2022. Um, almost all of them except one last year's U.S. Open was in was in this new season. He has been a star, which is a 90th percentile fantasy performance, six out of nine starts. Justin Thomas only did it seven times in that span, and he had 23 starts compared to Taylor Montgomery's nine. So to me, Taylor Montgomery is either a league winner or yeah, he, he regresses, he's not this putter and he's probably going to end up being, so yeah, somewhere where you have him like the 40th ranked golfer of the year.
1: Well, well, do we know if he's qualified for the majors, Rick? Because he's sixty third in the world, so I think yeah. he's got a little bit of work to do.
0: He's got a little bit of work to do. That that's that to me is actually the biggest knock against him. One
1: hundred percent. one hundred percent. I don't you, think you can draft a guy in the second round that you aren't sure is going to play in the four majors or the third round.
0: Now he might he might just play not everything else, but he's going to play a lot more, right? So that that's sure. that's kind of the the biggest knock against. Cam Young, or excuse me, against Taylor Montgomery is not really knowing what his what his major situation is.
1: Right. And I mean, he's still got time, right? Like he is yeah. there are a bunch of events early in the season that he's gonna play that I think suit his game pretty well. And I don't even know if he has to win, right? He just has to he's gotta find himself in the top fifty in the world to be on the right track. Right. I, I, there are a couple different ways he is going to
0: pass a couple of, I think more live guys with attrition, just, just by pure attrition, he's going to improve. And then he puts a couple of, you know, good starts together early in the year. And you know, he, he, he's looking good, but, but yes, that to me is kind of one of the, one of the larger concerns.
1: Do we Um, have any evidence that he's a good iron player? Um, He's outside of the top fifty in every single proximity bucket from fifty to two hundred fifty yards.
0: He, I think, he has to be better. Okay, so these results go back further than just like the twenty twenty three PGA Tour fall. Like fall, he had a great Corn ferry season last year too, which you would argue. Okay, well, he's either been putting out of his mind for a full year, or he's a better second shot player than what he has shown. It's probably yeah. a combination of both, right? Like there's he's probably got to find the mean on both of these.
1: Right. And I think you're right with that. And and listen, like I talked about this in my write-up of Montgomery too. I don't think there is a scenario where you rack up what did he have like 13 top 15 finishes last year on the corn Ferry tour crazy you can't do that that's too large of a sample size for you to get by on just putting so he has to we have to believe that he is at least a decent iron player we know that he hits it a long way off the tee i have zero concerns about his driver so yeah i mean in a perfect world we would have his you know statistics from the corn ferry tour. But I don't think that you get to 13 top 15s in one season without being a good iron player. I don't I don't think you do. The
0: other the other guy um who you have at 21 and I have I have much higher is Tom Kim. And mm. this is uh well if you if you if you're wondering about whether he's a good iron player, we've got I think we've got that answer. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's been he's been elite In the ball striking categories, the only knock on him is that he's not as long as everybody else. But again, like how many of, how many offenses Tom, he's like 20 years old. Is he going to play everything? And he's, and he's in Um, everything. He's in everything.
1: Yeah. So that is a positive with Tom Kim is that you get most of these guys who are like rookies, very wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, right? Like like uh, Sung J.M., right? He's playing like 35 times in his first two seasons before you kind of settle in and buy a house. And, you know, that goes down to like 25. But, yeah, I think in terms of volume, Tom Kim is going to play a ton of golf. Um, My biggest concern with Tom Kim uh, is that of the elite players, um he is like the shortest by like a pretty healthy margin. So like, you know, Colin Murakawa and Jordan Spieth kind of get this rap as like, you know, not long off the tee compared to the other elites. Spieth is like pretty long, man. Like Spieth's like top 50 in driving distance. He's actually picked up distance. Murakawa is 83rd in driving distance. Tom Kim all the way down to 148th at driving distance. Like, morikawa has like a solid 10 yards on tom kim off the box now that could improve that could improve very soon like distance is a skill we've seen players add 10 yards of distance in one off season before um but it kind of worries me a little bit on some of you know the bigger longer courses such as tory pines and the major championships and memorial and stuff like that whereas if Tom King is a superstar, then he is a huge outlier in turn. He's not the prototypical modern PGA tour superstar, which is right. 310 yards off the box, really solid iron player. You know, your Sam Burns is your Scotty Scheffler's your Victor Hovland's Tom Kim is not that at all, which doesn't mean that he can't be a superstar, but I think his path to success at some of the, the bigger major tournament golf courses, the big boy golf courses is, is a little bit tougher.
0: Let me inject some ADP information into the conversation. I've been collecting this manually from drafts that I've done or drafts that I have been overseeing. So I've been downloading it from fan tracks, plugging it into a spreadsheet, so on and so forth. Um, Tom Kim's ADP. (laughs) This is, it's kind of crazy. Uh,
1: 10.9. Yeah. Go for it guys.
0: Taylor Montgomery, 17.6, which is basically Mm. um, one of the first or second picks of the third round. The guy that you, based on your rankings and based on ADPs right now, that you would end up with a lot of is Mito Pereira. Um, Yeah,
1: and so I actually consider This photo came out after I published it. Did you see that photo of Mito at like Sergio's charity event?
0: No, I did not.
1: It was basically the entire live roster in Mito.
0: Well, and Mito's, I mean, that, that room, the Mito to live rumor has been going on for a year. He's he's at that agency that has been a pipeline to live. It's almost shocking. He didn't go after Mm -hmm. the president's cup. I don't know where we stand with it.
1: Yeah. So I think I have him what 27th?
0: You have him 27th, and maybe that's what's driving his ADP. His ADP right now, 51st.
1: Whoa. Can I just give you some Mito stats real quickly? I mean, this is a guy, this is a guy that, you know, was one stroke away from winning the freaking PGA championship. I'll just say, you know, over the last year, he's 30th in true strokes true strokes gain. So over the past year, he's been the 30th best player in the world statistically. So I don't understand where we're getting the 51 and, you know, he played 27 times last season, made 18 cuts, 14 top 30 finishes, third at the Fortinet third at the PGA championship, seventh at colonial. I mean, the guy's a top 25 machine. So I don't know. I think live is the biggest concern for me, but statistically, Mito is not the 51st best golfer in the world. He's closer to the 30th uh,
0: fantasy scoring wise. He is basically right at Cam Davis, Denny McCarthy, um, okay. Justin
1: Rose ish type area. So, so when you say fantasy scoring, that's like DraftKings points, essentially, right? Uh,
0: in this scenario, I'm quoting like standard fantasy points, which is basically DraftKings minus the bonuses. Yes. So it's
1: it's okay, just a little bit so less, you, but similar. Okay, so you're you're want to be looking at you know birdie or better percentage, that kind of stuff. Yep. Like birdies are more valuable than bogeys, like stuff like that correct
0: yes and correct. and
1: and basically you're saying he he underperforms in that category a little bit Just that makes sense bit. to me he makes a ton of pars
0: right yes exactly so that that's the biggest gap between your um your guys between 40 and 20 and then and then the adps but everyone else is pretty much without giving away everybody like they're they're all close enough those were the ones that that stood out to me
1: Okay. Makes sense. Anybody else in this twenty-one to forty range that you wanna you know argue about before um, we get into the top?
0: No, I will just say this that I think we were almost dead, both dead on okay. Uh we're both we're almost both dead on Cam Davis. Uh yeah. safe spot, which I think is twenty-eight pretty, pretty feels Polish. right for him. Yeah, I yeah. think I had him at twenty-six or something like I that. I think
1: our friend Joseph would have him like five.
0: <laughs> the the other thing, the other interesting one. Is Taylor Pendrith, who mm. missed a ton of time last year, He's but when so he, good. Rick. When he came back, yeah, when he came back, he was awesome. And there's like a lot of really good spots on tour for him.
1: I'm so high on this guy. I mean, he almost won the Rocket Mortgage. He was right there. uh But this is a guy that played 21 times last year, despite missing four months for injury. Mm-hmm. So that's another guy where I expect the volume to be there and. He is the type of player that can dominate off the tee. Like a lot of the time you're looking at these guys and you're saying, "Okay, does this guy have one bankable skill set that I can count on that he is elite at?" And in my mind like Pendrith is like a top 7 driver of the ball in the world right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm looking statistically see, he I'm going to try to cherry pick a stat for Pendrith, and I understand this is going to be cherry picked, but I just want to look at what he did since he came back. So that was July. So July 10th was the day he came back. So let's see if I can find him here. Okay. Uh, Okay. How about this? So this is um, fantasy points uh, for everybody since Taylor Pendrith came back, which is, which is July 10th. Um, He started nine times Max Homa started ten times. They're both almost exactly the same on average yeah. fantasy points. Pendrith, Pendrith, and Max Homa. Pendrith was better than Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, he was better than Cam Young. He was better than Terrell Hatton. He was better than Cam Davis. So the, again, I'm cherry picking, but that's every event he played after the injury. It was really, really good in that sample. In that sample size,
1: um, who are you taking between Pendrith and Davis?
0: Probably still Davis.
1: Yeah, uh, by like but, a hair.
0: Yes, but I really, really like Pendrith and where he kind of shapes up in all this.
1: Um, where do you have Aaron Wise?
0: In the next section. Okay. Wait, hold on. What section are we in? We're in 40 to
1: Yeah, we're 21. in 40 to 21. Yeah.
0: I have met uh I have met 22.
1: I have met uh 20.
0: Yeah, so we're close there. So whole kick off the the next section here. So here's what we're gonna do. We still gotta do 20 to 10, 10 to 1. Uh, much much more to talk about all the big guys at the top. We're going to take a quick water break and listen to this ad about Andy's podcast. Andy Lack is one of the nerdiest golf guys that I know and I mean that as an absolute compliment. His knowledge of course architecture allows him to create some of the most actionable course previews available and he offers up pure expertise on his own podcast The Inside Golf Podcast. Twice a week he offers course breakdowns DFS and betting strategy for every PGA Tour event and he Expands the universe by bringing on entertaining and knowledgeable guests who can offer a different viewpoint of the game that we love. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. Okay, Andy, twenty to eleven is where mm-hmm. we're at right now. You mentioned it. It starts with with Aaron Wise. Um, I, I think I might have joked about this before. Love this format, right? I don't have to bet him every single week. I can just draft him constantly. He never wins, and still <laughs> finds a way to re- produce my fantasy team a ton of points.
1: Yeah, I think that Wise is like the overlap for us. That is like the shared. Yes. We are both so high on this guy. Um, he's twenty six years old, Rick. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize he was so young, but I mean, you think about it, he's the same age as Will Zelatoris, Aaron Wise, and I mean, I-, I think it's a pretty. It's not a hot take. To say that his best golf is ahead of him, but he played 23 times last year. He, you know, 13 top 30 finishes. Uh, runner up at the memorial. That's like a really good runner-up, in my opinion. Um, so you know, you look at his statistical profile and it's all trending in the right direction, right? The ball striking is improving, the putting is improving. Um, there are a ton of like really, really great. Courses for him. I think one of the best, you know, the biggest strengths about Aaron Wise is that you can kind of roll him out on any course. Like I don't really have a problem playing him in birdie fest. I think his putter's good enough to keep up. And I think you know I wouldn't be shocked if he contend. Would you be shocked if Aaron Wise was in the mix at you know one or two of the majors this year? Like I think he's got the game to do it.
0: He's he's proven to be for multiple years a very very strong, if not. I won't say elite. A very, very strong teeter green player. And now that he is finding those improvements on the putting surfaces and there's a lot of good spots for him, no, I would not be surprised to see him contend at a major or two.
1: Yeah, I mean, he is gaining he's gained over four and a half strokes putting like five times last season. That's like pretty impressive. And you know, with his ball striking, if you're gaining over four strokes putting like you're Going to be there. So yeah, I think wise, I, I mean him, I had, I had, I know you think Tom Kim is in like a different tier than wise.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, um, I think I'm too high on Tom Kim. Right. Don't
1: let me talk you out of it. You are actually in the majority. I'm in the minority.
0: I, because when you start getting to where I have him, That is like elite, elite company. And he, and he is, he has got the upside to be a top 10 fantasy player, but I think that could also very much backfire. Aaron wise, I think is safer to finish somewhere between like the 15th and 22nd best fantasy player of the year. Nearly every single time.
1: Sure. You don't have, you don't have Tom over Hovland. Do you? Yeah. Oh my God.
0: I know. Might be okay. A, oh no, that's I'm sorry. Hold bid. on. I'm looking at ADPs. Hold on. Hold on. I uh, sorry. I was looking at my wrong, I was looking at my are wrong
1: people team. drafting Tom Kim over Hovland.
0: Yes. Tom Kim Tom Kim is the so his ADP is 10. What? 10.9. It's the eighth. It's the eighth <laughs> lowest ADP. Hovland is <laughs> what are you guys doing? Uh Hovland is like twelfth.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's silly.
0: The uh let me put a bow on this because we're talking about Aaron Wise. His ADP's uh about twenty second. Okay, cool.
1: So we're kind of right on market with that one.
0: The next guy here, this is the absolute biggest question mark. The guy that you think uh, legit might win you the league and legit might never play on the PGA Tour again. I don't know. I don't know. I'm talking about Daniel Berger. I've gotten more questions, Andy, about Daniel Berger than anyone this offseason. I don't know anything. He hasn't played since the US Open. I have not heard an update about his injury. I know he loves boating with DJ. I'd be 0% surprised to hear he's going to live. I I I honestly have zero idea about Daniel Berger right now.
1: So where do you have him, Rick? Because I have him at 18. Do you think that's too high or too low?
0: I have him at um I have him at like I have him at 31.
1: Ooh. He's a top 15 guy in the world statistically if he's healthy yeah, that if he big F
0: right right big F. that's that yes i I completely agree that's that's the big if there but what about uh, am I do I read to like, do we even know what his injury was? I've heard literally nothing about it
1: so I made this point in a conversation to a friend the other day but there is such an untapped market for whoever wants to step up of like, as like the Adam Schefter of golf, Rick In what other sport and what other sport could a top 20 player in the world miss six months of, you know, their professional schedule and not what, and I don't, I consider myself like faux media. Like I don't consider myself like really part of the media really. I mean, you could, Maybe consider it, but I I, like, I'm so shocked that not one media member has tried to call his agent and get a statement. It's like, what, what are we doing? This is wild. This would never happen in any other sport where we just don't hear from the guy for six months and there's absolutely zero insight into his injury. I don't know.
0: I don't know either. It's absolutely bizarre. Um, I can just tell you where he's being drafted. He's being drafted thirty six point five as his ADP. So if you are high on him, you can get him. What would that be? 8, 16, 24, 32, like the middle of the fifth round.
1: Yeah. I listen. I I think Daniel Berger is really good. Uh, I I think he has so a like. A, yeah, I think he has a really really well rounded skill set. Um, he's the type of guy that I trust in both major championships and in you know, hardcore birdie fest too. maybe I have them a little bit too high. You know, the ADP is 36. Well, let me ask you this question, Rick. Are you taking Daniel Berger or are you taking, I don't know, Corey Connors?
0: Um, Corey Connors. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, just say, I mean, I have, um, I have them pretty close, but, um, Connors Connors is n- rarely going to kill you, I feel like. Um, he's got the great uh, masters history. Um I, I think Connors is probably is probably the guy. And I'm like not like super high on Connors. Like he has not he hasn't been that great as of late. His his presence cup was horrible, but I'm just kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt that when he starts sure. in January, he's gonna be good again.
1: What do you he think's might, a bigger he risk?
0: Favorite, he might be the favorite at Wyalite. Like Corey might be the favorite at Wyalite.
1: Sure, absolutely. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. And he's been good at that course too. Yeah. What do you think's a bigger risk, Mito or Burger?
0: <laughs> <sighs> I guess M- M- Mito.
1: I think so too.
0: I think I think Mito has is more likely he goes to live if either of them go. I think right. that when they're both at their best, burgers better, and that's pretty, pretty obvious. Um, so yeah, I, I think the, the riskier one is 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 meetup.
1: Okay, yeah, I may move burger a little bit back. Uh, yeah.
0: The other one is Hideki. Mm. So you have Hideki at fifteen. He's another one that gets a lot of questions because mm-hmm. of just kind of the really bizarre end to the year that he had which was not a lot of good play not striking it well which is way off of his you know baseline a couple of wds there's oh there's just a lot of more question marks for hideki as well
1: where where do you have him rec
0: i have hideki at uh i have him at 29
1: wow okay what's his adp
0: his AP is 20.9. So I've not I've not gotten myself a lot of Hideki this this season. Oh
1: gosh. Okay. Um yeah, I you know I do think that the withdrawal thing is like a little bit more anecdotal people getting mad at their DraftKings lineup than really based in reality. What did he withdraw two times last year? He withdrew in Houston and the three M Open. He got disqualified from the Memorial. Remember that and he was gonna he was gonna miss that cut. I remember that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he withdrew from Valero. So I mean, he had he had four four
1: WDS or, or DQs. Okay. That's more than that's that's more than I remember. I I had it in my head that he had only two. But I will say this about Hideki: like he's gained over a stroke per round in ten consecutive seasons. Like this guy, this guy delivers year in and year out. And like, despite the fact that it often seems like he's hurt, he's been one of the most consistent golfers in the world over the past decade. I mean, he hasn't, has he dropped out of the top 25 in the world in eight years? I don't think so.
0: Probably not. So he, he's the guy that if you're, if you're in there at, you know, 15 or something, um, you can get them because that ADP, as I said, I think it's I think it's twenty point nine. So th- those are the big question marks. Um, looking at your list here from from twenty to eleven, like, is there somebody who
1: feels the safest to you? Oh, Not Jordan Spieth. Yeah, probably Sung J M at thirteen. Okay. Like okay. Sung J, where where do you have Sung J? So I'm. Very high on
0: Sung Jay, but I have pumped yeah. the brakes a little bit just because he is not necessarily, um, yeah. So I have him at I have him at eleven.
1: Okay, that's fair. I I yes. mean, are you taking Sung Jae or Sam Burns? Uh, I
0: have Sam Burns at thirteen, so technically I'd have to take Sung J. Now, if I was, mm. if I had a bunch of Sung J. or something like that, I would, I would diversify. But I've got that. I mean, we're 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 very close on on like these five here: this Fitzpatrick, Sung Jay, Spieth, Burns, Homo. We're like we're we're both right on those guys.
1: Are you taking Sung Jay or Cameron Young? I have Cameron Young ahead. Okay, that's a tough one for me. That was I very think. Tough. But- yeah, Burns, Cam Young, Sung Fitzpatrick. That group, I think. I think eleven to fifteen is is really tough. And then I I want to ask you about Spieth too. Where do you have Spieth? Uh, twelve. You have Spieth at twelve. Wow, interesting. I, I just think he's gonna like.
0: Um, I don't mind the volatility as much. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, me, me neither. And I, I guess, am I really? Do I really think that Jordan Speeth has forgot how to putt? Like I'm not re- I'm not ready no. to do that yet. Um and if he just warms up the putter like a little bit, it it could be pretty scary stuff.
1: So you're taking Speeth over Homa?
0: Correct. But I mean I have him within two spots of each other.
1: Yeah. I mean I think we're pretty close on Speeth. Yeah. It's not like I have him in the 30s. I have Speeth 16. Um and I agree with you. He was such a nightmare on the greens last year. Uh But, you know, I mean, dude, he's 161st in putting from four to eight feet. Do you know how detrimental that is to be 161st in putting from four to eight feet? Like it is really, really, really hard to play good, consistent golf being that bad from such an important range. Um, I have no reason to believe that he won't turn it around. There was actually... His ball striking was like pretty good last year, Rick. There was a stretch where he was pretty awesome off the tee. Shockingly, um, it kind of came back down to earth as as the season went on. But and I told you, like he's picked up some distance. Speed is like sneaky long. Um, yeah, I, I'm like looking for him. I'm not going to probably draft him below. You know, I'm not going to reach for him, but I, I I want speed this year.
0: The the only thing that I have, and obviously I'm still very high on Jai, I have him 11th overall. But the only thing that I have cautioned people with is um, he is not necessarily the huge, huge, huge volume guy that he once was. So 2019 he had 33 starts, right? It was by far the most 2020. He made 25 starts. That was the shortened year. That was also the most 2021. I think he had 33 starts. It was like the second most. And then 2022, he went down to 24 starts. He made the fewest starts of his career. He made the most money he ever made in his career. So it was probably well warranted. I just don't think he is the super, super, super volume guy anymore, but you're still going to get a lot of great play from him.
1: Hundred percent, and you're right. I mean, so if he made twenty four starts last year, Rick, like that's still pretty good.
0: Of course it is. Yes, I sure. have.
1: I have Rory at like fifteen starts. Uh,
0: we're gonna get to Rory. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk. about All it. right. Let's. So, do so, the top so 10. here's here's what we're gonna do. We're we're gonna get to the to the big boys. Uh, ten through one, the the first round or so. I'm also while we're here going to remind you that I'm trying to build this community on Brothrow, and Brothrow is supporting our fantasy draft. So we're going to support them. It's free to sign up. It is available in every state. It's peer to peer betting. There's no juice. Our group, I want to get to like 300 people. Um, there's 21 active open bets right now. We have 127 different members so we can bet with each other. So I can come in here and say, Christopher has put up a $10 bet. He wants the under, On the Colts Giants game, I can just take the other side of this. So I'll just I'll just do that right now while we do it. There's there's no vig here. There's no juice. It's free to sign up. It's available in every state. And the more people we get, Andy, um, the more we'll be able to just only make bets with each other. This is the dream.
1: It's unbelievable. (laughs) It. I mean, it's just like think about the vig that you are paying so often that we just like forget about bro throw removes all of it
0: yeah so there is some there's some good uh taylor i bet with him a lot there there are some good uh there's some good college football bets out there this is invite only so you need a link i have the link in the description i think it's just bro throw.com rick but there's a link in the description that'll get you in our group And then our group, you can just place bets and make them with each other. Then you just settle up with Venmo, settle up with Cash App, settle up with PayPal, settle up with whatever. It's actually a pretty good, uh, solid little system they have going on. The biggest of the big dogs. Hmm. 10 through 1. The names are generally the same. Mm -hmm. It's just the order. Uh, We'll start with the top of your board. Okay, Tony Finau. Yep. I'm much higher on Tony now than you are. I have him third overall. You have oh my him 10th overall.
1: So can you make the case, and then I'll do a little bit of a rebuttal, but, but yes. what's the case for Tony as a top five guy?
0: Um, the case for Tony is a couple of things. He is a big birdier better guy, which he is a big prolific fantasy point score. Yeah. Um, He also plays more than his peers, or at least some of these other guys in the um in, in like the top 10. So of the guys that I have in my top 10, these are, these are qualified starts. This is from the Sony open to the BMW championship. He and cam young, played the most last year 19 times, 19 qualifying starts. Rory only played 14 qualifying starts. If you open it up to the larger season, you'll get more. But like there there is a pretty decent gap of how much he plays. And he has also been like year over year one of the best um one of the best fantasy scorers. So I think last year he was top five in fantasy scoring just in like total points. Let me see if I have this handy. Um 2022 he was the third highest point scorer, uh, 2021, he was like 12th. 2020, he was uh, 11th. 2019, so he's basically like living in the top. T- uh, 2019, he was sixth. He's living in this upper echelon of scoring, and now he's starting to win. So I, I just think he's a really solid high floor, high ceiling option, which is very, very good. Hard to find
1: valuable, yeah. Incredibly well rounded player. He's one of only four players in the world to rank in the top 50 in all four major statistical categories. Can you name the other three?
0: Oh, so say it again to rank inside the top four guys to rank inside the top 50 of the mate of the four main strokes gained, yeah. Uh, Cantley, mm hmm, Xander, mm hmm. Oh. Uh... Um, those, those, I was pretty sure about it's going to be, is it somebody weird like Homa? No. Is it Rory?
1: It is Rory. Okay.
0: (laughs) I tried to go for the, the, uh, the, the one off there, but I, Rory was, I guess the shoe in.
1: Yeah, it's Rory. But I mean, I, I think the only reason why I'm a little bit lower on female and we're splitting hairs here at the top, right? Like I think, And my, you could make a case for any of these guys really in your top three. Um, Fino has had this like weird trajectory, right? Where if you look at the first four months of his season, basically up until the Mexico open, he was like really bad. Um, And then he kind of like, he seemed to have found something at the Mexico open and completely caught fire. I mean, he's like in the last six months, he's got, what three win he's got three wins, two runners up and two other top fives in a fifteen start stretch. Um I'm a little curious to see if he can keep it up because he tends to go on he tends to like split his year up into two kind he's a streaky player, I guess is, is what I'm trying to say, where he gets hot and he racks up top fives and top tens and top fifteens. And then he goes kind of cold for a little bit too. And I'm trying to factor in the fact, okay, we are buying Tony Finau at an all-time high right now. Is it possible that he goes higher or is it more likely that he probably regresses a little bit? So, I mean, he's 10th, right? Like he's a top 10 guy in the world for me. But yeah, there are a couple guys ahead of him that I just, I'd, I'd like a little bit more.
0: There are, uh, in, the, in the drafts that I've done, and there was a question from Jordan there, he says, I watch almost every week, but what is ADP? Don't worry, Jordan, <laughs> that's, that's, you're, not, you're not missing anything. Average draft position. Um, so I take all the results from all the drafts and, and average out where these guys go. There's a big seven forming, Andy. Um, okay. The big seven are guys that rank, their ADP is 6.6 or lower, and then there's a gap. Those are the only guys in single digits. So like Tony is the 7th guy taken off the board, his ADP is 6.6 6, and then okay. there's a gap to Tom Kim at basically 11. And that's kind of oh, one wow. of the it's kind of one of the biggest gaps on the board. So there's there's seven guys, Tony Finau being the last of the ADPs. Uh the others are names that you would expect them to be Rory, Scotty, John Rom, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantlay, or Shoffley. So that's that's the big 7 that's forming here.
1: So is there anyone in my top seven? Is my top seven go hand in hand with the ADP top seven?
0: You have, um, no. So uh, you have Will Zalatoris in your top seven.
1: Are people drafting Tom Kim over Will Zalatoris?
0: Buddy, they are drafting Tom Kim over everyone but those seven guys that I mentioned. Rory McIlroy, Scottie Scheffler, John Rahm, JT, Patrick Kent, Xander Shoffley, Tony Fino. Um Zalatoris is 11.7. He's two spots behind Tomkin.
1: Okay, can I ask you about this, like, little mini range of great, They're eh, not really youngsters anymore, but rank Colin, <laughs> Zalatoris, Hovland, and Scheffler for me, oh, please. Um, <laughs> I have she- them four in a row. Scheffler,
0: <laughs> um... For next year, I guess. Yeah. Um, for next year. Scheffler, Morikawa, Zalatoris, Hovland, and I guess I'm just doing that because you're the this... Hovland.
1: What's you're the Hovland whisperer? Dude, these are like four of the best players
0: in the world. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? Like, I got like like literally these guys are like the four of the best players in the world. Um, th- but there is this weird like Colin Morikawa like some, some people think he's going to have a bad season for some reason. And I, I did it really. I cannot to have a I big bounce back season. Yeah, I think yeah. he's going to have a massive year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really tough. And to be honest with you, I've changed this around. Like I actually, I was kind of in the camp of like, okay, I'm going to put Scheffler on the opposite end of this because I think that he is more likely due for aggression. Whereas these other guys are going to like, you know, I think call Hoffland and Colin didn't have like a bad year but I think they underperformed for who they were. Um, but Scheffler plays the most, which is the reason why I had a hard time not making Sheffler fifth.
0: Here's the low key other thing. Uh, I might've mentioned this before. So they're all going to be playing basically the same events, but the elevated events don't include anything in Texas. Really? Mm -hmm. And these Texas guys have basically already said Spieth and Scotty Scheffler, like they're still going to play the Byron Nelson. They're still going to play these non-elevated events in Texas. So you actually might get like one or two more starts. And he already plays a lot more or not a lot more, but more. From Scotty Scheffler, I could see Scheffler, even if he does I mean, he's not going to have the same year he just had, right? You're not. He's not no. going to win four times in eight starts or whatever no. and break the money title. But like, there's a very, very clear path to Scotty Scheffler being the number one fantasy player again.
1: No, Scheffler, yeah, he plays a lot of golf. He's. I have him as like 23, 24-ish starts. I mean, if you look at the yeah. guys around him, it's a lot of 19 and 20. Rick, right? Like Xander only played 20 times. Cantley only played 19 times. Justin Thomas only played 20 times. So if you're getting those extra four, Morikawa played 18 times. Hovland played 20 times. So your guy Finau did play 24 times. So you're getting the two volume guys in the top 10. If you want to do it just based on volume, Scheffler and Finau play the most golf, or at least they did last year.
0: Right. And um, yeah, especially for Scotty, I don't I don't think that's that's really changing anytime soon. So the the top of the board, um, th- there has been one guy who has literally in all the drafts that I've pulled has not been drafted after the two spot. Andy, he has gone first or second in every single draft that I've pulled. Uh, it's Rory McElroy. Yeah. And I'm. I'm certain he's the best option available, but I think there's a, like a really good chance. He's not a prolific fantasy scorer because he's not going to play enough. Like, I don't even love having the first pick because I'm taking him and I have to take him and I'm not, certain there's a path to him like he's not I mean he's not gonna if he played 18 if you got 18 starts from him that'd be a pretty big number
1: yeah that's the problem is like you kind of have to take Rory because what if Rory wins two majors next year right (laughs) like statistically Rory should have won I mean Rory is gaining just for context on like you know Rory is like kind of This is why I never really had much time for the Cam Smith arguments is like Rory's gaining 0.34 strokes per round better than the second best golfer in the world over a year long sample size. Rory has been a over a quarter stroke better than the second best player in the world, which has been Scotty Scheffler over a year plus sample size. That's like dominant. Right, And it, it, if, you
0: want it, if you want it from a fantasy point per, perspective, so t- from the start of the 2022 season, he's averaging 86 fantasy points. It's three more than the next best Patrick Cantlay, which is the same gap from Cantlay to like Xander Shoffley. Like Rory is kind of lapping the field
1: on any metric you want, except volume. <laughs> um Sorry, that was my mom graciously handing me my computer charger because I'm at I'm at 5%. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he is, what, 1B in terms of the best driver of the ball in the world. He's probably got the most underrated short game of the elite players. Rory's got, like, an awesome short game. He's a great bunker player. Um, and, listen, I mean, I think that these major championships – we've talked about this on podcasts before, Rick, you know, he won at Royal Liverpool. He's got a huge family connection to Oak Hill. He's an honorary member at Oak Hill. I mean, if you're just purely basing it on numbers and I try not to get too bogged down by the numbers, but you know, what Rory did statistically last year, like statistically is the best season of his career. And it doesn't feel like it because he didn't, you know, there were seasons where he's won, Three, four times and, you know, won a couple majors. The wins weren't there for him, but the baseline level of consistency that Rory has, and I think he's really, you know, matured as a player. And he's talked about this before where he, he, he really understands, like, you know, we're talking about a guy that gained over nine strokes putting at the US Open, right? And he, of course, it happened on, the fourth worst around the green week of his entire career. So that's what it was a lot with Rory McElroy. Was it, you know, these unbelievable performances, but not being able to time it up at the right time to get the wins.
0: Um, you got to take him one overall, right? I mean, yeah. just like if you're, if you get the one pick, you just got to bite your teeth and take Rory.
1: Um, can you vamp for a second on John Rom? while I plug my charger in?
0: Absolutely. I can. So John Rahm is checking in with an ADP, uh, right behind Rory McElroy. uh, 3.1. Actually, I lied. Scotty Scheffler is 2.7. John Rahm is 3.1. There have been drafts. So where there have been drafts where Rom has gone second overall, there have been drafts where John Rom has fallen to eight overall. Uh, if you can get John Rahm, in the eighth pick, you are absolutely loving life because he fixed the short game. He's been putting great. You have the same volume concerns for Rom as you do Rory McElroy, but you should never be letting John Rom fall to eight, which is where he has in some drafts, but he's averaging out around three point one. God, he's falling to eight in some drafts, right? Just some. Just some. He's gone as high as two and he's gone as low as eight, but averaged three point one.
1: That's irresponsible in my opinion. Has he gone one at all? I think there is a hive that believe that Rom is better than Rory.
0: I have not pulled one where he has gone number one.
1: Okay. Uh, but that does yeah. not
0: mean it's not happening. Those are just the ones that I have access to.
1: Yeah, Rom is another guy like Rory that has been really frustrating in terms of not being able to time up his good weeks. You know, Rick, he had a like a historically great driving season. I mean, if you look at his off the tee numbers, they're insane. He's yes. he's the best off the tee season of his career. He's gaining a stroke on everyone per round was, off the
0: tee alone. I think it was like the fourteenth one plus round or one plus year uh, off the tee, and it was so historically good off the tee, and he got basically the the least out of it. Andy, the he other guys, out of the other guys who did that had multiple wins. They were winning FedEx cups. He had basically the worst money finish, the lowest number of wins, the, just the worst FedEx cup rank of any of those guys who, who drove it like he did.
1: Yeah. Can you imagine if he didn't decide to show up in Mexico, he would, you know, right. So I think yeah. Rom bounces back in a, in a big way this year, I guess the final question, cause I know we've, we've gone kind of long on this. Um, Cantley or Xander or JT. I kind of yeah. group those guys in the same uh, thing because they're not really the young guys, but they're these guys that are in the prime of their career and very clear top 10 players in the world. Where would you rank JT Cantley and Xander?
0: I have them. I have them back to back to back. So I yeah. have, um, I have it. lay Xander, JT. And yeah, I, um, JT. Okay. I, I could see a path to JT being great. Um, I worry a little bit about some of the metrics that we've seen from him. Cantley's just been historically a great fantasy performer, but all, all these mm-hmm. guys are great. I've been, I've been diversifying, right? Like, and that, that's the other part that we, that we haven't even really talked about yet is like, I, yes, I have my rankings, but I have not been super strict to them because yeah. I understand that I could be wrong. I could be a little bit off. I want to diversify some of these guys. I don't want to take Xander Every single time in the sixth spot, I want to mix it up, get a little Patrick Cantley, get a little Justin Thomas, get a little Cam Young, or whatever it is. Right, just diversify these these teams up a little bit.
1: Yeah, and you always like. There's always that moment in the draft where you kind of panic and go off script. Of course, <laughs> like I, that is, so, I panic it always constantly. happens. Yeah, yeah it, it always happens. So yeah. I have Cant, I have Cantley three, JT four, and Xander six, and I was careful because you know I didn't want. People to say I'm a Xander homer, yeah. but you could make it. I mean, it's like I said, Xander and Cantley outside of Rory are the two statistically most well rounded players in the world. I think that you are getting a really, really high floor with these guys.
0: The ADP on those guys is JT 4.9, Patrick Cantley 5.7, Xander shawley 6.3. So they're yeah, back to back, to back, but JT yeah, uh, JT's getting drafted a little bit higher. Yeah. Ooh, doggy. Okay. So, uh, with that, the rankings are out. You can go to RickRungood.com. See Andy's rankings. Now that we've 10
1: through one will be out in like 30 minutes after the show.
0: So if you're not watching this live, it's probably already out. If you're watching it live, give us a couple of minutes. And then, um, I'll also post mine. Now that we've talked about all them, I'll post mine and I'll post, um, all the ADPs that I have. Uh, so that we can, we can go through those and I'll keep those, I'll keep those updated, but man, it's going to be good. We're going to be in Vegas shortly. (laughs) Uh, you've got the fifth pick. I've got the seventh pick. We've got more homework to do now.
1: Right around the corner. I am super pumped. And, uh, yeah, just one more time, go join leagues. Like hopefully these shows are, you know, get you pumped up as, as much as we are. So, Go join leagues. You're gonna regret it mid season when sure. you know everybody's you know yeah.
0: Emails we're gonna get like American Express Week, like, oh I I wanted to join a league. Is yeah. it too late? Yep. Sorry. Yeah. Links yeah. are in the descriptions. Get after it. Andy's available on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your rankings debate 40 through one. Best of luck.